0: This podcast contains general health information and shouldn't be relied on as medical advice. If you have any health concerns, speak to your doctor. HCF doesn't endorse any statements or opinions made during the podcast. If the podcast makes you feel depressed or anxious and you need to talk to someone straight away, call Lifeline on 131114. What would you like your parents to do if you're having a hard time with friends?
1: Tell me that they're there for me. Just sit with me. Just talk, I would explain with my mum or dad. I'd prefer if they
2: stayed out of it and I would just try to resolve the issues myself. I would like them to know about my feelings but then not do anything about my friend because they're my friend and I'll get over it eventually.
1: I'd like them to give me some strategies on how to work it out. If I want to make friends, then I'd have to do it by myself.
0: Welcome back to Navigating Parenthood: Growing Great Tweens, brought to you by HCF, Australia's largest not-for-profit health fund. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis. Hello. So, what was life like for you in the schoolyard? For me, it was hanging out with my mates, playing jacks, running the gauntlet of British bulldogs, <laughs> and showing off my best baby's cradle and dog bite with the yo-yo. Yep, still do one of them today. Friends are a huge part of a tween's life. They bring joy and strength. They help our kids explore the world with a partner or partners in crime. They teach our kids about loyalty, boundaries and empathy. They make life so much fun until there's a problem in the playground. In this episode, we take a closer look at tween friendships and peer influence. How of two years of COVID... And on and off lockdowns impacted your tween making friends? How do we know if our kids have good friends? What even makes good friendships in the first place? And should you, as a parent, get involved when friendships go bad? With me to explore further is actor, survivor winner, and mum, Pia Miranda, and George Georgievsky, aka the lunchbox dad, who is dad to two tween girls George, Pia. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having us. And this me. is a pleasure. For me, the friends that I made as a tween many, many years ago, they're still my friends to this day. It was really important for me growing up to find those friends, find my tribe, find my people, and I've stuck with them ever since. Why do you think friendships are so important to our tweens? Let's start with you, Pia.
1: Friendships are everything. I think they can inform how you behave They can inform your life choices, how you relate to other people, just what kind of gang that you hang out with can really inform how you are as an adult, I'm sure, because if you're with sort of a crazy wild gang or a lovely, quiet group of people who love to read and watch movies, that can really lead to choices that you make that can affect the rest of your life.
0: For sure, everything, everything right down to career can end up influencing. What about you, George?
2: Well, for me, I remember growing up as a tween. And you're right, my friends back then are still my friends now, but because that's all we really had. We didn't have the distractions of Snapchat, social media, reality television shows. So the activities we did were together, bikes, riding without helmets, playing in paddocks. <laughs> yeah. And and that's why we had each other from the start of school, pretty much to the end. You got home when the streetlights went on. So The reason why it's so important now is because it's the opposite of that. Kids have all these distractions where they have so much alone time and therefore the importance of those connections and those relationships with their friends is super duper important because they're rare. They didn't have what we have. We'd always have four or five groups of friends. I find now they're pretty much limited with the amount of friend groups they have. Well, also COVID's
1: changed that a lot. I mean, we've got tweens who have sat inside for two yeah. years. So, so yeah. I don't know about your experience, but my experience is that with my daughter who's 12, she's a little more reluctant to just have people over or go hang out. I think at her age, you know, she's got a lot of friends in the same street and at her age, I would have been like knocking on doors every day, but she's so used to her own space and her sort of hanging out by herself that I think it's been a big adjustment to go and start hanging out with people freely.
0: Yeah, These are such formative years. Between years, aren't they? And so I've been in a similar situation with my tweens, watching them over the last couple of years navigate their way through Zoom classes and then Zoom parties and then the parents are having a Zoom trivia night. And it's true. They're going to take this information with them and this way of communicating with them for the rest of their lives. I mean, they're good at it, aren't they? They're good at they are. at being able to communicate in that way better than me, but how will it impact them later on? Mm. How are they going to go into the real world? And this was a concern for me the whole time through COVID. It was thinking, this is really important years for my nine-year-old who was seven when lockdowns were starting. This is when he should be in the yard playing and connecting and going out to the playground or going to parties. But it just wasn't there. So now what happens?
1: I know, and I do feel like it's a personality thing as well. Like for my now eight-year-old boy, he's very easygoing and gets along with everyone and very sort of out there and confident. So for him, the effect has been minimal. But I think for my daughter or children like my daughter, who is a little more reserved, kind of shyer, those two years of sitting in her room have really affected her confidence and how she relates to people and how free she feels to put herself out there.
2: My 10-year-old, she just turned 10. For Her two last birthdays were all done via Zoom with her friends. And when we were cutting the cake, she's like, oh, my God, this is weird. <gasps> this is weird, like having her friends and family around her because she's used to the Zoom. And my 12-year-old, she was vibrant and crazy and going out with friends all the time. And then during lockdown, she hit puberty. She pretty much discovered social anxiety, scared to go out. She'd rather stay indoors.
1: I think from a lot of parents I've been talking to, it's the same. Even having a friend over is a bit like, what are we going to do? Because yep. they haven't done it for two years. So the pressure's huge. You know, you have someone over, it's a big deal. Whereas for me as a 12-year-old, you had someone over three times a week and you could just hang and do nothing.
0: Hey, are your tweens open with you guys about their friendships? Do they talk about their friends with you or is it a, just their secret little world? All the time with me. Yeah. yeah?
1: I think that's one of the positives of lockdown yeah. is that my daughter, who's probably at that age where she would have been drifting away from me, was right next to me and is still close to me. So we've had some pretty deep chats and negotiated some stuff together, especially with the online stuff. Those two years together have brought us closer and we do talk about everything because her friends weren't there to be everything to her, which they usually are around that age. So I'm still part of her gang, (laughs) I feel.
0: That's a really positive thing. Yeah,
1: it's a positive thing, definitely.
0: It's really healthy, getting closer with the family because you just have to. (laughs) Hopefully it worked for you. Do the kids talk to you about when they're having troubles with their friends? Yep, George. What do you reckon? If they're bit
2: down, like I'll mow, I a love heart in the grass at the front. Stop No, here's, You here's, are, mate. No, you're no. Sort of this, yeah. is cool. yeah. this is cool. This is cool. I yeah. did this. I did I this about you. three years ago. So I mow a love heart about a square meter, and when they're moody or upset, I'm like, all right, socks off, shoes off, jump on the love heart and recharge your heart. All right, and when you're ready, come back inside. And then it gives them time to reflect and think. And sometimes Kiki might stay in there for 30 seconds. Yeah, dad, done. I'm good. Okay. Whereas in I'm like, well, five minutes. She, there's something going on, something she's thinking about. And that's my cue to talk to her.
0: With your kids and socialising with other kids, are you actively involved? Do you get in there? Are you sometimes a bit helicoptery and hovering around and making sure <laughs> everyone's being nice to each other? Or, or do you like to let them go for it and work it out themselves?
2: couple of weeks ago, my daughter said she wanted to go to the movies with a friend. I said, no problem. She goes, but I want to go alone. I don't want you to watch the movie or be in with us. I said, no problems. My condition was I'll allow it if I can meet the parent of the other yeah, yeah. student at the cinemas. Yeah. I met the parent at the cinemas. Lovely. I felt comfortable. And I said, listen, here's some money and I'll watch the movie and text me when you're on your way out and I'll pick you up right there, but I won't be around. I'll go home. So she got the freedom and space. That's my hovering without hovering Like a helicopter, as you mentioned.
1: I'm the same. I like to get to know the parents. And early on when I had kids, I remember this piece of advice from one of my friends that I met as a tween, Mm -hmm. who's still one of my best friends. I mean, I don't take it to the fullest extent of this, but she said, don't let your kids pick their friends. You find the parents you like and you get those kids together (laughs) 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 and you encourage those friendships. And I've kind of done that a little (laughs) bit in the sense that when I really like a parent and we parent similarly, it seems to be that the relationships between their kids and my kids are really great and problematic.
0: So you've both got a kid now who's in high school mm. just this year. Which is new because mm-hmm.
1: then you've got to meet all these new kids well, and new parents. It. Yeah. That's it. and,
0: all, and it's different to primary school because in primary school it's quite normal to meet the other parents. Now in high school they're a lot more independent, which is really, I mean, for me. Like my daughter went to high school, started it last year. Yeah. It's scary. It's like independence. She's walking to school. She's got a phone so she can call me if she's in trouble. So different from primary school. So that And that's part of this whole tween experience, isn't it? Those bits where you've got to let go a little bit and you've got to trust that you've done good parenting and you can continue to parent. And I guess it evolves as they evolve and as they get older as well. You find your new techniques.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I do the same kind of thing, but just on her social media stuff. I mean- Like with social media, I feel like she has some stuff that she wouldn't have had without COVID, but I think it was just the way they were connecting. So I ended up giving her things that I wouldn't have given her otherwise. Then I do check how everyone's relating. You know, at the end of the day, I'll just go through the WhatsApp or I'll go through the messages, check the Snapchats, see what's going on and making sure that everything's okay so that I can check, you know, who are these new friends. And mostly it's just nonsense really.
0: Pia, can I just ask, mm-hmm. no one's listening, don't worry. Yeah. I mean, except everyone who's yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the kids know that you're checking the WhatsApp? Yeah. Check- oh, that's a, yeah, that's she does. Open. But she doesn't
1: know when, because I've got it all on my phone.
0: Mm.
1: The proviso of her having stuff, like, mm. you know, they all love to talk on Snapchat, and I know they delete those messages, but the proviso of her having stuff is that it's on my phone.
0: That's a really good idea. That's a mm. really good tip, actually. Yeah,
1: just to have the apps on my phone, and then I'll just randomly go through and check.
0: Mm. I like that tip am taking that one home. thank you. <laughs> how do you guys go about teaching your tweens what good positive friendships are? When you're seeing something that's not working or a little bit toxic, how do you teach the tweens about what's a good relationship, what's a negative relationship that maybe yeah, needs mm-hmm. some fixing or some attention?
2: I always tell my daughters if you could be yourself, like if you could be 100% yourself around the people that you classify friends, they're good friends because you don't need to change. The minute you have to change who you are to please other people or to feel accepted, you might want to question those relationships because they're denying you your feelings. My advice is to them, don't change. If you have to, that means you question the friend group.
1: My daughter's the same. I just try and say to her, you just don't want to be in that environment where people are talking badly about each other. If you're in that kind of environment, it might not be the right one for you. So, just keep putting that in her brain. And if something bad does happen, you know how some stuff in high school happens and then you hear them all go, oh, something happened. Mm-hmm. I just keep reminding her not to demonize anyone. Stuff just goes on. There's no bad kids, there's no good kids. There's just, you're all kids. And if everyone's talking nonsense about someone because they've done something wrong, just don't involve yourself and you'll be okay. And so, I think she's gravitated towards those kids that are just really low key don't like drama, stress-free, and she's doing okay so far.
2: There's the tribes, but both my daughters completely different, different tribes, different everything. So it is a juggling act when it comes to being open and discussions. It's not the same method with both of them.
1: And we have to be careful with what we say. Like Remember when your kids are little and they're toddlers and you could talk yeah, about anything, anything? And now I feel like because I'm so conscious to make sure that my kids aren't people that just talk smack about people behind their back for sport. I've got to make sure that if, like, my yeah. husband and I are frustrated, we don't do it in front of them and have them here and then be like, hey, kids, that's <laughs> not right. So that's another thing that you have to negotiate because, you know, with your partner sometimes you can just say anything because it doesn't yep. matter. Just making sure we don't do that yeah, had it's... to change. Not that I'm doing no, it all no, the time, no, no. but, you know, you have to change your behaviour well, well. especially
0: during lockdown where they're just with us the whole time. Correct. I think all Correct. tweens learnt new words <laughs> oh my God. in the lucky days. You mentioned role modelling for the kids, so trying to practice what you preach Mm -hmm. a little bit, at least in front of them. (laughs) Do you think that extends to the friendships that you guys have as well? Do you think that if you've got friends that the kids can see, you get on well with, you can be your authentic self with, they're going to pick up on that, aren't they? So do you think that that actually applies in real life or do you have friends that you're like, oh, my God, they're just draining, but I put up with it? Because the kids are going to see that, aren't they, and yeah. think that well, maybe sometimes I should have a friend who's a little bit toxic because mum and dad have or yeah. Clara has, yeah. I
1: don't really sort of have that, I think, because I'm older. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a good place De-friended. now. <laughs> so, no, but I have thought about that. Even family dynamics. After dinner, you're always like, that was – Great, or even a party. Sometimes I'm like, I don't really like going to parties. And I walk home and be like, that was a great party. It was so nice to see everyone. always think of the positives and say that in front of them. Do
2: you know what's cool? You said role models, right? And I think role models extend beyond the family and friends because I made Anala go to the Tori Amos concert when she was five or six because I want her to be like Tori Amos. I want her to play piano and write and analyse the lyrics. So I steer music to my girls who I want them to – be a rock model.
0: It's very interesting. I, I think, yes, culture, especially music for me in my life, it's yep. always a catalyst for discussion, isn't it? Mm. You know, I'm seeing my son, nine years of age, loving Lil Nas X. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa <laughs> Looking at the lyrics going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, <laughs> hang on. But then looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, my son's smart enough to know that, all of the things that Lil Nas X is talking about aren't really that necessarily appropriate for a nine-year-old. Yeah. But the overall image and what Lil Nas X's message is, it's really positive. It's about inclusivity. It's about not bullying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got so many positive messages in there, which I can use as a catalyst, yeah. like yourself, with Tori Amos. Yeah. There's plenty of other artists like that. Old school. Old school. I'm a music music snob. So I'm like bringing the kids up going, no, you listen to Stevie Wonder and Kate Bush kids, this is what you're doing. But now they're coming to me with these new artists, Kid Leroy, Lil Nas X, Harry Styles, beautiful role model. Fantastic. And I'm finding these artists, I'm falling in love with these artists as well because my Mm. kids introduced them. But then I'm finding a really positive thing about some of these artists which I'm thinking, yeah, no, this is good. This is worth talking about. It's worth opening up this discussion whether they're nine or 13 like my daughter.
1: And that's a good thing. Like we can learn from them as well because I think the thing that's impressed me about this generation is that they are very much about inclusivity and they're very much about fighting for justice and everyone being equal and kids in my daughter's grade or friends of hers like, oh, you know, they just came out as gay or oh, my friends, you know, got to make sure you say they and teaching me things, but I'm so proud of this generation for being different. Yeah, very
0: true.
2: That's so true.
0: I'm learning from my kids all the time. And they correct me all the time. Yes. But they're not angry about it. No. No. They're just like, oh, okay, boomer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we want to be better, you know. We We do.
0: Yeah. So friendships. I can remember when I was a tween, there was this, I think I was in like year seven, so I just got into high school. Making the new friends, it's so important. I'm finding my little tribe. Yeah, we're nerds. We're the geeks. (laughs) <laughs> and then one week they stopped speaking to me like all four of my friends. And then the next week they came back and they all acted like nothing had everything was normal and they all started talking to me again and I'm like what what was that about? Why did you do that to me? And they said they thought it was funny. And they all all agreed, let's not talk to Dylan wow. for a week. And that was fine. It was the 80s. I didn't think I should talk to anyone about that. I just dealt with it. I went home each day feeling like Oh
1: my God,
2: it was a very awful, yeah. low point.
0: And it was just because they thought it was a bit of fun. I'm clearly still a little bit affected by yeah. it. <laughs> Slightly. It's a little bit triggering talking <laughs> about it. But I didn't talk to my parents about it and I wish I did. I didn't even test the waters to see if my parents were interested. In it. So with you looking at your tweens, how do you help your tweens navigate the more challenging situations or conflicts in life when they're coming up?
1: I mean, I've just said to my daughter, because we go for dog walks and then that's when we sort of have a chat at the end of the day about what's going on and, you know, she'll often tell stories about so-and-so's being excluded or someone did this or so and so is fighting and I just keep reminding her, I'm like, one day that's going to be you. So just make sure you don't get involved mm. but hang in there and just talk to me when it does because there'll come a day when you'll feel like everyone hates you and that's okay. That's just part of being a teenager. But we'll get through it together.
0: But how nice that you've got this... Special thing that you do. You have your walks. You know, you're gonna have your talks when you have your walks. Yeah. So you've got a space to do that yeah. in. Yeah. I guess setting up a space like that exactly. early on, letting them feel comfortable yeah. in that space is so important. And
1: I think friendships groups outside school are really important for me. I mean, I grew up a ballet dancer, so when, you know, whenever, you know, when stuff went down at school, I had people to hang out with on the weekend at least. Yeah. I think Making sure there's at least one or two people outside school that you've got that you know you can hang out with that you can talk to, I think, is really important.
2: I think you're right. Like I've got my sister or their auntie, who's their cool auntie, (laughs) who we'd visit and let my girls go. My dad passed away when I was young, so it was me, my mum, and my sister. So all I know is women. And my dad, he gave me a lesson once because I think he saw the way I was becoming typical teenage boy. And one track mind, And he said to me, don't wait until you have a daughter to treat women respectfully. And that was like, what do you mean? And he used my sister as a prime example. So you're talking to somebody's sister when you go out or whatever. That changed everything for me. And I grew up with my mom, my sister, married two daughters. So all I know is girls. Having that outside, thinking differently. And also for me, I think like um, a girl and try and understand where they're coming from. And when I can't, I handball to my sister. And that works, like the, the cool auntie.
0: Have you ever got it wrong? Have you ever misjudged a particular friendship? If the kids are coming up and say, ah, oh, it's not, not feeling right, and you jump in and you say, well, this is what we're going to do, but it turns out it wasn't what you thought. Yeah,
2: I have. It was one of the birthday parties pre-COVID for my eldest, and she had all these people over, and I could see how she was iffy about inviting them, and it was a slumber party. And I said, no, no. Get them over the more Mm. the merrier sort of thing, but it's not the more the merrier. It's the quality that counts. And I saw it with my own eyes and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So then having that conversation to admit that you're wrong is huge. Big. 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 And being able to do that is good because then they'll also admit when they're wrong if they have to.
1: I think my daughter went to a small primary school. There wasn't really anywhere to hide, so... We sort of knew who the kids were, who the parents were, so I think that stuff's coming for me. But I've never been one to force a friendship or I've luckily never had that conversation with a parent where they've sort of called up and said, our kids are fighting, can they hang out? I guess that stuff is coming for me where I'm sure I'll get it wrong. But I do like to try and let her navigate her friendships with just me sort of guiding her.
0: We've talked about what happens when friendships have challenges, but what about if your tween is actually struggling to make friends? Is that something we can help with? Should we help with that? Should we step away and let it be and let it work itself out? Or is it something you think we could speak to the kids about? Definitely speak to them.
2: There's a reason for it. If they want friends and they can't make friends, it's different to not wanting friends. I've had the discussion, particularly going back to when my eldest was into anime and no one else liked it. And so she was an outcast, but she wanted the friends. So then I kept talking to her about the connection, the common ground. Talk about whatever it is, eating, lunch, just find a connection if you want to make a connection. If you don't, then don't. It's okay to be alone if you want to be. But if you don't, it's a larger school, more kids, different diversity, different cultures. You're bound to find a connection. And she did.
1: Yeah. My daughter luckily went to high school with a few people she knew, but she was super excited to meet new people, but she's really shy. And so I have to navigate that idea because my husband's shy as well of letting her be shy, like not trying to change her because my son's the opposite, so he'll talk to anyone. I don't want to say to her, come on, get out there, do Mm. it, you know. I want her to navigate her own personality and be happy with who she is but still helping her meet people. And I do know for her, she said the mask was really hard at first because she's too shy to talk to people but she couldn't smile at them.
0: The COVID mask.
1: Once the mask came off her face, she found it a little easier to just make those visual cues but... Those visual cues were really important. So that was hard to navigate because I didn't have the answer. I no. didn't want to say to her, just go up and talk to someone. Like she's really shy. That's her personality. I don't want to make her like me because I'm not that shy. It was one of those moments where I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> None of us really yeah. did, did, <laughs> I did. I mean, I, it, it's, when I think I back know. on
0: it, that, what a weird few years where we didn't get to see anyone's yeah. mouth.
1: And I think starting year seven, In a mask. I
0: know, right? (laughs) Um, I like before you mentioned, Pia, about having friendship circles that are outside of the core friendship circles at school. So you had some ballet friends that you could call on. And I think it's an important thing because I have the same thing with my kids. They've got friends at school, but then they've got these other mates as well. But it's up to us as parents to encourage and to facilitate and to enable those friendships to continue. So my daughter's got friends in Adelaide from when we lived there. It's important that we try and keep that connection. It might be once every few months. It might be a year between calls, but they're still there and they're there forever, I think. But as a parent, I'm reminded from you talking about that as well. That's an important thing because sometimes maybe your friends won't talk to you for a week and you'll be affected for the rest of your life and get tattoos to try and look tough to try and compensate for that fact that they didn't talk to you for a week. You know, but who else was I going to turn to? I didn't have anyone else to turn to. Yeah. but So extra friendship circles. I think it's a, a really important point that it you, you made before, Pia, Yeah. I, I, not,
1: I mean, not because I worked it out myself, just because that was my experience because I was at ballet so much. And then, you know, if my friends didn't talk to me for a few days, I still had people to hang out with on Saturday or mm. a sleepover or something fun. And then it took the pressure off that whole environment. So
2: Like activity, after school activities, Mm. you know, there's music. Mm. Both my girls do music, Taekwondo.
0: So, yeah, definitely encourage it. Yeah. Do you think it's important to share your own experiences with your children? Do you think it's important to be really visible about that? Or are there things that you will hide? How much of your own experiences do you share and how much are you hiding? I share a lot,
2: probably 90%. I don't share the stresses because I don't want to stress them out with certain types of way I'll be feeling like whether it be work related or not. But I do, they know dad does Instagram and travels a lot. So I get them a part of it. So each time, for example, a network would call and say, I'll come and cook on the show. I'll be like, cool. I've got a one in all in policy. So if I'm coming, both my daughter's got to (laughs) come and they have to be on the show. So we do that and then they'll fly us all up. So we have an adventure so they can see what dad does. So they're as much of a part of it as I am. And apart from working nine to five, which they don't see me because they're at school, but they get to see my passion outside of working hours. But most importantly, it shows them that if dad can do it, I can do it.
0: For those who may not be aware, you're the lunchbox dad. Yep. This is why you're talking about going into state yes. and, and uh, filming, cooking things, making books. Yep. Can you just quickly describe yep. what that is?
2: A quick summary is about five, six years ago, I used to go to work before the kids were awake and the wife. And one morning I was off sick, commotion in the kitchen. I'm like, what's going on? My wife's like, what do you mean? This is normal. I'm like, well, what can I do to make things easier? She said, do lunches. And I had no idea. So it all started from there. And then I um, did Instagram and then I'd make a lunch. And then I joined all the Facebook pages and then I got kicked off because I'm a guy. I'm a dad. So then I started my own page because of that. And then now, like with Facebook,
0: Instagram and TikTok.
1: My kids went to school with a Vegemite sandwich. A hey,
0: mandarin. yeah I wanted to find out from you whether or not you're hiding things from the kids and how much you let them know about and what you think is a healthy level of
1: of sharing. Obviously, there's stuff that can just stay because I think it's good to remind them that I was their age as well. Yeah. And they seem to enjoy it even with friendship stuff with Lily, I do talk about my friends because she knows my friends now. I was the new kid in year nine, which was that's hard, amazing. (laughs) Mm. But those friends that I made at the school are still my friends now. Like we're all going away next year for our 50th. But she just knows them as older ladies. So I like to remind her about what we used to get up to when we were young and just remind her that that's sort of the journey of life. And I think it helps her see me as someone who she can relate to. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is the, the last bit. So but let's wrap it all up with your top tips for parents of tweens about helping them make and create strong friendships.
1: Just keep the communication open. Get to know their friends. And as
0: a parent, you mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: get to know their friends and have a listen. you know, do listen to what they're talking about. Get to know the parents. Just stay in the loop because I think as they're getting older, they're going to want to push us away. You don't have to have your head in the door, like, hey girls, <laughs> what's going on? But do you need any sandwiches? Or you can have a chat to the kids when they're in the car, like, hey, what's your day been like? Or you can have a 10-minute chat to the parents. Just stay in the loop as much as you can so that you know what's going on and you can make your own judgments and then help direct them.
0: That's nice. George?
2: Communication's a key, as Pia said. Having an open house, so inviting my girl's friends over, like dad's going to make pizzas. And things that I know her friends would like, like what kid doesn't like pizza. So um, (laughs) inviting kids over for whether it be a lunch or a swim in the pool and then sitting back, taking notes. And you find who's good for them by the way your children react. You know they're in a good crowd. So I like to invite as many of their friends over and don't be shy doing so, but yeah.
0: P Miranda and George, Georgievsky. it has been awesome chatting with you guys. Thanks so much for your honesty and all of your sharing. I got a lot out of this. I'm pretty sure everyone listening did as well. Thank, so you. thank you. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of Navigating Parenthood, Growing Great Twins. In the next episode on gender roles and stereotypes, I'll be chatting with twinning twosome, Michelle Laurie, mum of 12-year-old twins, and Sean Zepps, father of four-year-old twins. If you haven't listened already, make sure you go back and check out the first three seasons of Navigating Parenthood. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Navigating Parenthood. It just helps us to share the love. Thanks. For more information and useful parenting links, head to hcf.com.au slash podcast. If the podcast makes you feel depressed or anxious and you need to talk to someone straight away, call Lifeline on 131114. I'm Dylan Lewis. I do hope to catch you again next time. Cheers. HCF acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we've recorded this podcast on, the Bunurong Boon and Wurundjeri Woi Warang peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging.